Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. We are on episode 61. Um, I'm here with Chris. Chris, how are we doing? Doing well. How are you, Nick? Not too bad. Not too bad. The weekend's here, so in good spirits. Any news? Much been going on? Um, no, I don't think so. What about with you? Um, checked out a couple of bits this week. You'll be surprised to know. Oh, okay. This is always a nice bonus. Go on. <laughs> what, what, what's been on your radar? Um, useless ID. I love useless ID. Always have done. Always been a big fan. Oh yeah, I forgot that you have you have that little soft spot for them. Oh, I have yeah. a very soft spot for useless ID. Um, I remember seeing them at Trillions, like in Newcastle. I don't know. Must be talking like ten. Well, probably fifteen years. Going on fifteen years, maybe ten. But um, yeah, they just, I- they just blew me away that night, and been a big fan ever since. Well, I. I, I saw them in 2001, I think, it went in Brighton. And that was kind of around the time, just after they did that split with the Ataris and they were on Kung Fu Records. Is that why you stopped liking really them? really into them. Because <laughs> they did a split with the Ataris. <laughs> no, no. Well, that was why, that was in the days when I was into the Ataris. So that's how I knew about them. But then, uh, then I just kind of, you know, stopped paying attention to them. And then I remember several years later, so the sort of mid-2000s, you 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 run about a new record they had and you played me some and it was it was really cool. So have you kind of have you kind of like paid attention to them sort of throughout this whole time whenever they put out because I think they've been putting out music every yeah, couple of years not, or so. Yeah, yeah, not really regularly, but um, yeah, seem to have kind of yeah, like you say, a couple of year breaks and they put something else out. But bringing out um, uh, a greatest hits album in may called most useless oh, songs yeah. but they put a couple of new songs on it as well so there's this new one mm-hmm. called oh, okay. um, same old revolution it's really really fun and how is it yeah it's good good fun it's good fun track a little bit political but not too not too heavy yeah um but the video is really cool as well they've got like loads of like fans and like band friends on the video so like Ian Grushka's on it from Newfound. Got like, oh, is he? Got like the Descendants okay. on it. Um, you know, kind of other other artists from other bands. So it's quite a cool, cool video as well. So check that oh, out. Very nice. So I look forward to that. I will. Greatest hits, most most useless songs. I call them it. So okay. There's that, and then I saw the main brought out another track from their upcoming album. Yeah, April seventh. The song was called. I think. Yeah, I much prefer it to that that first one, Sticky. Have you, have you, have you listened to it? Yeah, I've listened to them both. What? So you're saying you like this newer one? More. Yeah, yeah, I really like this this new one. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I think I just I think they're onto a good thing these days, and I can see why they've got so big. They've kind of really got their own sort of pop rock sound, yeah. and it's just really kind of like I was saying to him when he was on our show. Yeah, like because in the early days they were just a kind of another by the numbers sort of emo pop punk band, but they've kind of really got onto something as the years have gone on. I think. Um, but that's it in terms of new stuff. I saw um, I saw a post earlier about that two thousand trees festival. They've added like a load of new artists to their lineup for this year. Obviously, gearing up for like it- outdoor festivals happening in July. I think it is. 
Oh, right. So that's got at, at time of recording, that's going ahead, is it? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the weekend of your stag do. That would have been a cool stag do, wouldn't it? Oh, is, <laughs> that would have been a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Roma, Roma on it. Previous guest, Rome, like Jim, oh, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. World are headlining. But the ghetto kids are on. Few few previous guests are on that bill. Um, oh wow! Okay, yeah. I feel yeah. like it's optimistic, thinking that Get Up Kids and Jimmy Eat World will be over to play a festival in July. But mm. I'd love it to be the case. Yeah, let's just keep we'll our see. fingers crossed for a stag do, at, at, at least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. Be nice if that could happen for sure. Probably, um, yeah. Not to break any spoilers to you, but you're not going to the 2000 Trees Festival for your stag do. <laughs> yeah that's not that's not shock horror <laughs> um oh one thing that i saw that came out this week or the week before was uh pacific ridge who often release um tribute compilations like they've done a movie life one before they've done a alkaline tri- and alkaline trio one before they've done a they've done a blink one but they've got a newfound glory one out i don't know if you've if heard any of that but that's an interesting lesson i haven't no no any good yeah um some of it's okay some of it's terrible it's uh, it's just it's interesting going through it seeing what different bands have done to different songs do they actually uh, is some it of like... the metal core stuff is just oh, right, embarrassing okay. i was gonna say yeah. is it like but a it, like but it, for you like... Know, it's variation right okay fair enough i don't know it yeah, feels it, yeah feels weird listening to that kind of stuff that's like a like a cover of like one one rock cover for another rock cover if you know what i mean well so there's some variations jonah jonah's on there randomly as in matranga okay he's he's doing a very stripped back soppy version of sunny right okay that's that's, that's intriguing in itself yeah yeah, knowing, yeah, yeah. Knowing it's, what Jonah puts out these days. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, like the whole record's an interesting listen. It's right. certainly not all a good listen, in my opinion. But okay. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I think you'll find it interesting to, okay. to to flick through it. Definitely. I'll check it out. Check it out. Should we get into get into this episode? I think we can get into today's guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oliver. Baxter, I think I think that might be his stage name because when when he was messaging, it came from Oliver Beerman. So, but we'll call him Oliver Baxter, uh, singer for Broadside. Yeah, here it is. Is it? Is it? By the way, is it uh, Ollie or Oliver you go by normally? Uh, Ollie's fine. Yeah. If oh, if uh, if you like me, call me Ollie. If not, you know, Oliver's fine. No, no, we 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 definitely <laughs> like you for being here, man. So it'll be Ollie for us. Like, so, yeah, thanks, thanks so much for doing this. Like, massive. No, man, I'm glad. I'm glad that that uh, those crazy people didn't ruin the experience. If you hear occasional noises in the background, that's gonna be my miniature dachshund. He loves to just be, get it all the attention. So don't mind him. That's fine. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess um, I, I guess we probably just want to cover kind of what you're up to at the moment, and then probably just a bit of a kind of journey back from the start in terms of broadside, and I guess you you personally in terms of kind of your um kind of introduction to music and grow growing up and what have you but yeah i guess how thing how's things for you at the moment with with lockdown and like pandemic stuff like how are you yeah, finding I mean, it everything is i mean as you can imagine it, it's kind of chaotic that we 
just went ahead and we were so excited that we just got out of our last record deal that we got into a new one and we were like, we have this record, we've been sitting on it for like a year and a half, let's put it out, you know, and then on the midst of, uh, of everything, you know, here we go. So what happened was we were in this, we were in LA, the whole band was, and we were filming three music videos, the three music videos that we released with the new album. And, you know, there's like this talk, this loose, loose talk about everything that's, uh, that's going on and what's going to be mandated, et cetera. And I'm like, that's, that's wild. Cause I'm in LA, no masks, nothing. And that became like a huge epicenter for this whole thing, you know, and, and just, just based off of bodies alone. So, you know, uh, we filmed the videos and I was flying home and I was like, this is going to be great. You know, new label, new direction, new everything. And, um, I get home and I think five days later we went into a massive lockdown so I'm sitting on all these music videos, this record release, all the promo, all the interviews and stuff I've been doing, all the PR stuff. And then it was like, okay, cool. Maybe it's just temporary. You know, like maybe it'll just be like a two month, three month thing. And I, you know, I played my part and I chilled and I was like, cool. And I just have an excuse to, I had just got a PS5. So I was like, oh yeah, like this is going to be like when it came out, you know, eventually in the middle. So I was like, as it still came on, I was like, all right, I mean, pandemic sucks, but I got the PS5. So like I'm chilling now. And then here we are, like, six months later. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. So we released the record. That's kept me busy for, like, four months, five months. And then now I am working on my second book. I write poetry and short stories. And after this, I'm moving into putting all my attention and time into short stories. That's kind of a, the, like, leap off that I'm, like, um, my loaded gun, if you will, that I'm like, okay, I need to do this now. I need to, cause poetry is like, no, I mean, it can be cringe. Right? Yeah, exactly. It could be quite cringe, but at the same time, it's like, I've loved poetry. I, I love reading it and, 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 and really embraced it for so long. But I think ultimately I've always wanted to get to a point of telling short stories as have always been my passion. So I've been aiming my sights in that direction and planning for what that's going to look like. Um, um, for the next step. So, but in the meanwhile, I've been finishing my second book and now I'm just working on all the illustrations and getting it into the editing process. And then, I suppose yeah, I mean, well, so I've been pretty busy. Yeah. I suppose that's something as well, maybe longer term, obviously now is a great time to, to kind of focus your time on that. But like, mm-hmm. it, sure, is, is that not something that you can maintain as well when, when potentially broadside stuff picks up again and tour starts again and you know you you got your your time in the bus and wherever wherever you're traveling yeah. to to do that as well right yeah that's been the biggest shift is usually i'm doing this when i'm not busy you know playing shows or getting ready or sleeping or cure, nursing hangover or whatever so it's like um it's been odd to be home and try to delegate my time between that goddamn ps5 and writing <laughs> <laughs> and your fiance um, you got engaged recently as well right yeah yeah and i have a fiance and that was wild because i it, it was thank you very much it was this wave of like all my friends in the scene were like getting engaged and like or announcing that they were pregnant or all these right. wild next step moments and then i started thinking i was like this is i guess this is what happens when you stop touring and you get to stay home with your significant other for this long as you're like damn, I really love you. Let's, uh, let's make some moves or not. You know, you find out that you hate each other and <laughs> it all goes south, but <laughs> it's definitely it sounds... one way to test a relationship, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but yeah, I've been just been balancing all that and 
honestly, I've been lucky enough to be busy. I, I, I've been working with this company, uh, Featured X, which is, allows bands to reach out to yeah. me and uh, access the middleman, essentially. Um, and we can communicate. And even if they just want some, like, insight on, like, what they're writing or whatever. So I've been doing that as far as, like, you know, helping keep my lights on and stuff. So I can I can complain, but only to a T. You know, I, I mean, it, it, I've been lucky and, and enough to be creative and crazy enough to stay pretty busy and not not give up hope that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and they'll be like, it was a prank. <laughs> I, I, I guess we wanted to touch on the Feature X thing a bit because we, yeah. we, we, we've actually chatted to the, um, the Magno, uh, Magnolia Park Boys. Um, mm. Previously, and we've we've Very had Cullen, cool. we've had Cullen Quinn Quinn on as well, who's obviously worked, you know, d- done a feature yeah. with the, with those guys as well. I, I guess for me, I was really just interested to know how that how that process works in terms of obviously we know that you know bands can can pay money to feature you, but yeah. how does that work in terms of when it reaches you? I mean, do you get stuff and it's just like mm, that's that's not for me? Like you know, how does yes. that how does the process work? So I get a chance to vet it out. Like I'll get requests from bands and I've turned down two now. And that's one was because I didn't feel like I didn't feel like they were necessarily being like, I'm using this as a stepping stone, right? Like we can, let's just put it black and white. It's like you get a feature on an album. Um, If other fans of that artist enjoy it, they'll you one, you're getting free marketing because I'm going to post about it because I'm st- if I'm stoked about it. So then I get to post to like our fans, which is so sick. And then especially when you're young, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but like when you're young, you want to know about that next band. So like it allows this opportunity for me to get kids stoked on like new music and new artists again. And I, I'm, you know, jaded at this point And I'm like, oh, yeah, people really enjoy playing and like their little bedroom and their situation, like how I used to feel when I did this, when I started making, being in bands like 12, 13 years ago. So it's really cool and been really inspiring for me to just work with artists that are hungry and smart enough to do this. And I'm just jealous that like Broadside didn't do this, but you know, so, and it gives me an opportunity to hear new bands, the band to reach out to me, work with somebody who's done it before. And luckily with this last one, I was able to be in their music video since I'm here where they live now. And I popped on there and just seeing like their energy and like how they were just so stoked about it. And they just seemed so like, like they're going to be huge. And I was just like, it's so crazy to sit back and watch that, you know? So, um, so basically what happens is I denied one band because, uh, I didn't feel like they were using it for that tool. I thought they were using it as like a, oh, this is going to elevate me or get me cool. And it's like, I'm not cool. So like, if you think I'm going to make your music cool, it's like, oh, shit, Mike, you know. And then the other one, I was like, it's just not my energy. You know, I've had a couple of pop stars reach out to me, and it's like, even though I want to try to pretend like I could be that, realistically, that's just not me. But everything else I've been super stoked on. I've done, like, five now. So, that's cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's funny, that the, the Magnolia Park one, because, like, prior to that, like, I thought they were okay. You know, I wasn't that, you know, of course, that excited yeah, yeah. by them or whatever. And then I I was first aware of this this song they did with you because I saw you post it on your Instagram and I watched that clip and I was like, 
oh fuck that sounds really catchy and i've been listening to that song i, I promise you like non-stop this week i was like oh actually maybe these guys do have something and i know they, they've released like an ep the week before or whatever, exactly and, and i'm i've so changed my whole, opinion on them that song that song's that, really good i see why wild. you went why you took it up you know that's what I'm saying is like I, I did the same thing where I listened to this band and I'm like, okay, this is not. And then I heard the Kellen song and I was like, wait, should I do this for like clout alone? And then I was like, let's talk to these guys. And basically what they're doing is they're just writing a vast array of music and then just going to they're I think they're releasing like something like, I don't know how I don't want to give their thing away, but I think it's like a decent amount of EPs and then they're going to shop like a main record and like calling them mixtapes. Like how sick is that? Like in the in the way of things that like they're just putting out mixtapes. So I was like, it's not supposed to be serious. But if you're on your mixtape, you have features with artists that look credible. It's almost like this wild like, oh like these guys know what they're doing. It automatically gives you this sense of credibility off that alone. Because then by the time and you get to learn from that, right? The biggest part of recording music is learning what works with your fans. So if you have this lot live array, lo, I mean large array. It's like an umbrella. It's like somebody's bound to like something like you and I, who we heard that track. And I was like, this song is like, cool. I've heard this song before. It's nothing new. But at the same time, they did their own thing to it. And the fact that they wanted me on a song like that, that's sick. Like the fact that they want me as a stepping stone into their own career, that is what it's all about. Right. It's like they like that's what artistry is all about. You know, and I'm, I'm learning that myself because I don't like to share projects too much like share with other artists because too many creatives in one room, it goes crazy. But just showing up and then being like, hey, we want you to do this, this. It's only 30 seconds long and then you can bounce. I was like, this is wild. Okay, cool. Because most people are like, <laughs> let's hang out all day. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> So it was, it was rad. And I was like, you guys are definitely, and that's what I like about them. It's like not even their style of music, but their like work mentality because it is a it is work right there's music and then there's like music business so mm. they kind of feel like a bit of a new breed now as well like the band bands like magnolia yeah. park that are coming up in like such a different landscape to like yeah. you know the bands you know oh, 15 yeah. 20 yeah. years ago yeah nick i've just remembered because i think correct me if i'm wrong when we spoke to one of them he was on about how i don't think they've ever played a show I th- I th- no. i'm sure he said that you know yeah i don't think they have and like you know, for for you know, I'm sure obviously for you, Ollie, and and for for Nick and I, like you know, growing up playing in bands like that would just be if you want to get somewhere, that's unheard of, you know. So it's oh yeah, it was like now. you have to tour for like 30 years and then you get to play one opening show for one band you don't like, but everyone else does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably a good opportunity to to take it back um, in terms of your kind of upbringing so obviously we, we know that you kind of joined um broadside a little bit later um right what kind of pre-broadside kind of you know what was your your upbringing like what was kind of your first introductions into music you know what were you listening to as a as a kid growing up so growing up i was raised um my stepfather was really into like thrash metal and like like skate metal and stuff like that so we had a lot of like suicidal tendencies but like also iron maiden and like just really cool shit like in our household and you know um my stepfather was super young too so he was like working on his car and listening to all these cool bands you know and he had like two tattoos and i was like well this guy rocks um but then i i think i hit puberty and i really started 
loving the ladies and that's when i found like r&b music because it was like on mtv it was like usher and r kelly and i was like whoa like that's crazy that's crazy and i don't know why i liked it i just i really enjoyed the like i don't know it just happens you know i don't know but then i tried to collaborate the two and it was like this weird i felt like jekyll and hyde every time i would try to listen to these genres and then i heard of a band called lincoln park and i was like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me because there's like hip-hop inspired things and melody with this kind of intensity and i thought that was rad and then i heard of bands like corn and yada yada and then i got into my emo phase and i heard of saves the day taking back sunday juliana theory early mcr and it was really like okay so wait you can yell and be emotional and that's what really started making me think when that was right around the time i was like 14 and that's what i started recording stuff i think in like a one you remember those computer mics that would like wrap around like a pop star like they would be super dinky they look like they're trash essentially uh, or like the microphones from like the guitar hero game I think I started recording, like, demos in my house on, like, I'm trying to think of what I was using. Audacity, maybe, is what it was called or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we use that for still while. for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so, and it was just, I think, just noise. <laughs> like, because it was all recorded through this mic, but then I put it on mixtapes, and I got those little things that you print out that cover the the front of the CD and I would draw on it. And I think I called myself like modern dream crisis or something. Cause then I could be MDC. Right. And then I sold it to kids for $2 at my job or at my school. And they were like, this is cool. You're in a band. And I was like, yeah, my whole band. And it was just me recording different instruments through this little shitty mic. And then, yeah, I really wanted to be like taking back Sunday and my adult life when I was in, bands in high school I tried to go for the whole metalcore thing because that's what was around and then ultimately it just ended in this sort of like I was in a few like progressive post-rocky bands like kind of like ethereal dreamy heavy bands then I graduated high school and I was about to sign this is kind of boring sorry guys and then I was about to sign this contract with with this guy who I was trying to do solo R&B at the time, like when I was like 19, 20. I know, it, my whole time span is off, but I reached out to this guy on Craigslist and he was trying to get me to sign a contract and I almost did to record like a five song, like it was like a local radio station guy for like some, from some R&B stuff and it didn't work out and I was putting videos on YouTube at the time of like my voice. And I think I did a few like old Amorosa covers, um, Usher cover and that song stand by me. And this guy emailed me through YouTube and was like, Hey dude, I love your, your sound. Your voice is really cool. You're like heavily tattooed. Would you want to be in a band? And I said, sure. Well, where are you guys from? And he's like, Oh, well we're in Virginia. We're on warp tour right now, but our singer just quit. We're in Virginia. Do you think you could like come meet us there? Oh, and I was like, where were you? Sorry, where were you based at, at the time? So I had just moved to the East Coast like five years before that. So I was raised in like Las Vegas and California and surrounding areas like that. But then I had my cool stepfather. He passed away. Then we moved to the East Coast, and that's when all the emo came in because trauma, you know. So, um, 
<laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I, I was like, this is crazy, but I'm in Virginia already. And he was like, whoa, what the hell? Uh, here's our practice space. How close are you? And it was two blocks away from me. So I go one night. I'm literally reading the lyrics off the paper. And they're like, hey, you want to be in our band? And at the time, I was doing full-time maintenance, man. Like, crazy shit. Like, cleaning up people's toilets, fixing sinks and all this stuff. Like, miserable as hell. But I was like, oh, I'm 21, 22. I got to get a serious job because I don't have, I didn't go to college. And then all of a sudden, I get fired and replaced. Like, two weeks after I joined this band. And they're like, cool, you want to go on tour? So we did, like, an East Coast tour of the States. I think I got paid, like, five French fries the whole time. And from that point on, I was in Broadside. And then and they were six on months later. And they were already at that, at that time, were they? Yeah, so they were walking. They were doing the whole follow the lines and sell their CD to kids right. going in. Okay. And then, yeah. 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 And then I think Pure Noise was working. That was when they were working because they were really pushing champs at the time. And I think they went out to them. They went out to them and said, like, hey, on the last day, you guys can come in and we'll get you in on our guest list and you guys can, like, go sell your CDs inside or whatever. And they were like, Holy shit, but he quit before that, so that never happened. Regardless, it's just it's just kid stuff like that that you get so excited about. But so yeah, that was that. And then like six months later we wrote a, I wrote a my first song with them because I was going on tour with them singing their songs. And then we wrote a song called Storyteller. And the drummer, the one who reached out to me and I, sat and we cold emailed everyone. We found an email list online that was like it was on Fortune or something. I don't know, but it was it was like all the alt press people, all the people who were just like, hey, new bands, like, check this out. Here's a music video that we paid our friend $400 to, like, shoot for us. Um, and then, yeah, they, next thing I do, I woke up the next morning and alt press Japan had posted about us, which made alt press post about us, which made two months later, labels started reaching out. And that was that. So, so I mean, how quickly did then did it pick up steam from there then? I mean, were you were yeah. tours booked pretty much straight from there? Like, so we had tours booked. Um, yeah. It's funny because oh hush, the band that we toured yeah. with. Um, I'm going to take. I'm on laptop. The band that we toured with um, after we got signed is three of those members are now in my current band, which is funny. So the first band I did as a signed touring band was this band called Old Again from from Florida, and what happened was they. Um, let me sit down. I'm probably making you guys dizzy. They ended up just breaking up or something like that. And um, years later, I just kept them on the back burner and hired them on as going on tour when musician my my own band started quitting. So I just filled them in, and that's how they ended up getting here. But we didn't really start popping off until 2016 Warp Tour. As soon as we got on Warp Tour, that's when Broadside start Broadside started making a name for itself because we've always been better live than anything else. We're not really good at marketing ourselves. We're not really good at being like, you know, a cool band that dyes all our hair the same color or whatever. Like, we're very vanilla, boring looking. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, we do best when we're live. And Warp Tour forced kids to go see their favorite bands. And while they were walking by, they might stop and say, "Who's this band?" And that's that's how that's where I stay comfortably. <laughs> Did, I mean, did that feel like, a, a, I guess, a big moment for you guys as a band when you got that, that Warped Tour booking, even if it was like, you know, the yes. an early slot or whatever? Absolutely. I think it 
it made me realize that like people higher than my own circle and like mm-hmm. the kids that were coming to local shows, it started to make me realize like this is bigger than that, you know, that like people are hearing this outside of that because at the time we didn't have millions of streams and like touring outside of our own state, you know, on our outside of like the East coast on our belt. So to see like Kevin Lyman and stuff like that, considering putting us on warp tour, it really solidified the idea that, Oh, we are something We're the next wave of whatever this is. So, I mean, what, when was your, I mean, what was your first, first kind of UK, UK experience that come quite early on or Europe yes. further down the line? So right as we were recording our second album, I think it was like 2017, we toured, I, we had finished the album midnight and then at 4am we were on a flight from LA to the UK to tour with the band called With Confidence and, um, yeah, exactly. And we met up over there and it was probably the greatest experience of my life, like still to this day. I really enjoy all the different bits of true culture um, that Europe has to offer. I I had experience and it's a little bit different when you get to go over there knowing like I'm not going to get to do this often and I'm a functioning adult. So then all my decisions were very like when I before the show set up, go, go around, go see the cities, go whatever, whatever. And so was it your first time in Europe, like full stop? Yeah, ever. And so like, whereas most people are like, wow, accents and all this crazy shit and Harry Potter, which it's like totally fine. I was like definitely trying to go over there and find the like the nooks of like old libraries and like bits of bits and fragments of old cathedrals and stuff like that, like nerdy stuff. So like when I was able to put my eyes on that, it really was like, holy crap this is older than our entire country, <laughs> you know, and just seeing like some, yeah. but, but then just, just what really took it away is when I got back down to reality and I went on stage and we did the thing that we came to do and there was kids singing the songs. And I was like, this is insane. I think the first time I ever got really mind blown is we played this thing called galaxy fest and um, it started in Germany, and it was like state champs. Uh, there was like a bunch of random bands that were playing slam dunk. They just threw it all together. Oh, okay. And yeah, when we went to Germany for the first time, Cologne, Germany, and there was like 300, 400 kids screaming along to Coffee Talk. I was like, am I famous? Like, where's my money? Because if this is fame, this is crazy. Because like, <laughs> I, I was like, I can't believe like these, they would come up to me and like speak a little bit of English. And then I was like, shit, like I'm in your country. I should know. I should speak to you. There's just a bunch of like standing around and I was just so, I, I was like so grateful that they were around me, even though I probably came off like totally a creep, you know, like, right. hey guys, so Germany, right? <laughs> um, but I think that was the first time I was really like, I think I cried that night, you know, because I was like, this is crazy, like, yeah, Germany, you know what I'm saying? Cool. So, um, I guess into would you want to chat about Victory a little bit? Obviously, you've had you've had quite a long-standing relationship with Victory. Obviously, you said you talked about Taking Back Sunday being like a bit, uh, you know, an influence from you know from your younger years. How did that? How did that come about? Like, how did that relationship start? Obviously, it must have been pretty, pretty mad for you at the time, right? Yeah, I, in my group of friends and in my circle, I'm always the one who's like probably pushing things a little too far like let's just see what could happen 
Which is right. good to have those people around unless they're like a total frat boy or something. Because then they usually, you know, you burn something down or something. But when it's like ambition, which is, well, let's say that's what I have, right? Not, not foolishness. Let's say it's ambition. I, we got an email from Victory, from Tony, the owner of Victory at the time. And he was like, we heard your song, Storyteller. We'd like you to come to Chicago. We're interested in signing you. Now, my band was like, I don't know. I've heard some bad stuff. And I'm like, everybody's got bad stuff. Right? And they're like, yeah, but I've heard some real bad stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but we can be the one to change them. You know? (laughs) Like a broken relationship. Yeah. But so I was like, look, no matter what we do, we're never going to get to the next level of what we're trying to do without financial backing, without mm-hmm. support. We don't know shit. I don't know how to make a, put ourselves in a magazine. I don't know how to do that. We're not rich. Um, so we go to Chicago with like $25 to our name. We go to Chicago. We pay for the van to get us there and all our gear. We go to this warehouse that they told us to meet us at. I'm planning out a whole set, what I'm going to say in between. I don't know who's going to show up. Basically, like 30 people show up. It's the entire floor, like PR, marketing, because it's all in-house at Victory. It's like screen printing there, photography, Instagram, all those people. And then Tony, the owner. And they're all, he walks up to me and goes, three of your best songs, go. <laughs> and I was like, what's that? Like, And then I scramble to the guys and I say, what, what songs are we choosing? And we had just wrote a new song. And so I did Storyteller, the song that got us there. Uh, sure. it, was, it was a place called, it was a song called Avery, which later turned into a song called A Place to Lay Your Head. Mm-hmm. And then we played a song we just wrote and it was called Coffee Talk. And that was the song that yeah. they stopped. And Tony was like, what? it was quiet. They're just standing like this in a vacant factory. Tony walks up and he's like listening to the speaker, putting his head down on the monitors. And I'm like, what is he listening for? While I'm singing, I think I like fell down for the first time ever in my life. I was like, I fell down. So I was like, what are you doing? Like, but we were just playing it like it was a show. And then he was like, all right, cool. They left the room immediately. They're like, we'll be in touch. And I was like, shit, what do we Cold. do? <laughs> yeah. So we put our glass gas money on credit on our <laughs> drummer. He had a credit card. He was the only one with a credit card. And we put the gas home on that. And then the next morning we woke up to an email saying that they wanted to sign us. So, you know, I was like, yeah, it was really good for me. The guys were like, holy crap, I can't believe this is happening. Mm -hmm. And then I was, we got some, we got lawyers and then we just boom, boom, bow. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was surreal because my whole headspace was, you know, they made Take Back Sunday, you know, Thursday, a lot of these bands that are my favorite bands growing up. And I was like, what, I mean, it can't be awful, man. I was like, it can't be awful. And it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't for us. I mean, you know, like, I I also had to learn how to navigate all this legal world. And I, that's something that they just don't warn you about when you start all this stuff. Because there's so much legal stuff that is not fun if you want to elevate yourself to the next level. Did, did, you, did you have any kind of management or anything at, at that point when you first signed? No, we did not. So months after like six months after we got introduced to this guy sean keith who was at the time managing emir who was currently who was on the label at the time and then 
he opened up a new uh, label. He started a new label called Sharp Tone Records oh, okay. and took Amir with him. I see where this him. is going. Yeah. And that upset Tony because he said, Amir's our moneymaker right now. Mm. But you got, but so they just didn't talk, right? Um, but Sean was still our manager while this was going on. So it was so awkward. So I'd have to like go talk to Victory, get their answer, go to Sean, talk to him. Whereas managers and stuff are usually talking, you know. There's beef there. And I think it was one sided, you know, to be honest. I don't, I mean, yeah. Sean's a good guy. He's very just like, Look, it is what it is, dude. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. some people hold grudges that go way above you. And I was like, I felt like a little kid with divorced parents. You know, I was like, shit, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So, yeah, then Victory sold. And I was like, what do we do? We just literally got out of the studio a week ago. And we just have this album. They said, we don't know what to do. I got in contact with the people that where the music was floating. They said, Here's what we're going to do. We don't have a place for you on our label. We're just going to give you this record and you can go do what you want with it. And was that Paradise, at, was it? No, that was Into the Raging Sea, the oh, last right, album. Okay. The, the and the then, one. Yep. And then I called the guys because this was like a six-month legal battle, battle for me because I was the only one legally on the contract. The other guys that are now in the band, that have been in the band were just kind of idling by like, I don't know. So... I go to Sean, I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, why don't we just sign you for one? If you want to stick on, yada, yada, we can figure that out. He's like, that way we can just keep it grooving and get this thing out. Okay. And I was like, easy, like like that, like clockwork. And we had other labels approach us, but I didn't want to go through the whole legal, big, sign this over, sign that over. Now that we're on Sharp Tone, I have legal, full creative control over all my projects again. And I'm navigating this new space a lot easier i think because i'm on sharp tone as opposed to dealing with all this new new startup stuff that i'd have to usually put in you know so i mean how's the new record obviously <laughs> you haven't had the benefit to go and like tour the shit out yeah. of it like how's it being received in like within this world without without touring and shows like so it's been received well i mean i think it's been out for I think like five months now and maybe six months and we're looking at 4 million streams total. Oh, wow. So that's all right. Yeah, it's, it's doing okay. That's great. Considering we have never played these songs yeah. live just at all. Yeah. 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 So yeah. based off the way that we designed this record, because broadside's going into a bigger, more anthemic direction. I think the place that I was trying to go in high school was this big ambient, heavy droning music with like really good melody behind it. I know that sounds crazy, but like, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to play to bigger rooms, you know, like okay. trying to go to the, the, like the bring me route, how they were like, let's open up the sound. It sounds so yeah. anthemic, so big and everybody wants to be bring me, but I just really like what they did instrument. You know, I, I love what they did musically. So that's with this last record. We wrote half of it kind of in the vein of old stuff. And then, where we want to go some of my favorite songs on the record are, are much bigger more anthemic more heavier are heavier so you know we'll go back to touring we'll play some of these songs and then i mean we just started writing our next album now like a week ago so 
lo and behold, they might get a, a whole two records out of this by the time we get yeah. back to touring. But I know it's doing all right. Um, did you have much booked? In, did you have much booked in terms of shows and tours? Like how much? What? How much did you pull? Have to pull the plug on? Uh, so we had an entire Europe tour with the band called Set It Off, and that's been. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's been postponed for I think like. I think like five times now, so it's been like a whole year and a half. Because um, we were supposed to be on that tour while this record was coming out, like the singles were hitting, and I know we had like a bunch of close to sold out at like twenty five hundred, three three thousand cap rooms because that band's quite big over there. Yeah. So that was going to be huge for us because we were just going to fucking piggyback off that, you know. And it's still happening. It's just a matter of when, considering like when can we travel again, especially overseas, you know, with the travel ban, which is might may or may not be lifted, but <clears throat> we'll see, you know. I mean, at this point, who are we to say what what could happen? So, um, that was our biggest tour, and then obviously, I think just that was gonna, for lack of a better term, set it off for us. Um, we were gonna come back and be like, all right, cool. Now what are we doing? We got summer you know fall and so now it's like we haven't even really booked anything because nobody knows what i think as soon as the floodgates open it's going to be a nightmare like it's going to be people just trying to tour so yeah the venues just won't have space for like every <laughs> every band that wants to get in there i guess really right and maybe the fact right. it's it's you know opens the door as well um to like more more of a festival kind of type gigs especially with right. a- outdoor you know outdoor shows being safer and what have you i guess we'll that's actually really smart that. yeah. yeah that's actually that makes that would make a lot more sense then and again i mean i love those sorts of things everybody could be happy they bring mass amounts of people they make mass lots of money it's it's good for everybody you know especially considering the outdoor thing that's it i never even thought about that yeah i know slam dunk you've done slam dunk before over here yeah yeah i think they they postponed till like september or something this year yeah. I, I love Slam Dunk, man. Another incident that changed my life was being like near Blackout and seeing Jimmy Eat World play live for the first time in my life when I was like... Nice. Just moments like that, you know? So you got to think, uh, nothing ever good has happened in America for me, so... What's your favorite Jimmy Eat World record? Just on that subject. So I think, uh, obviously, there's the obvious answer. So I'm just going to go with that. But Futures holds a close, like, in my eyes, like, oh, wow, like, I really love this album. I, I'm a music fan. But then, of course, the uh, <laughs> I think the first one with the, or the one with the trophy on it, what is it, with the obvious, like, Bleed. the middle and all that stuff. Oh, Bleed American, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, Bleed American. Clarity for me, the first one, I think, is probably the one mm. that stands out. Yeah, Lucky Dem for Mint and all that. Can we talk a bit about your writing? So you, you put out yeah. a poetry book. late 2019 and you're currently working on your second one and and you you mentioned at the start at at the start of this chat that um short stories you want to move into short stories yeah so ultimately i've always been like a weirdo nerdy kid and i've always written like short story short stories it comes in bursts Mm -hmm. of like i think it's being raised by tv disney movies essentially where it was like they just try to wrap it all up in one swoop and you're like, oh, I'm there. I'm, I'm there. So <laughs> yeah. I think I've always wanted to be able to create that sort of atmosphere. And 
I can really control it when I write. Whereas like, if you try to do that in a record, some people, it, the whole team's got to be there or you got to be one of these people who can play every single instrument, sing, like one of these like very rare people to capture what it is, what you're trying to do. Same right. with Otherwise painting, same with compromise, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. And then, but with writing, it feels like, oh, I'm here, like I'm creating these. So anything from this point is going to be an adaptation of what I'm trying to, to like how people perceive it is an adaptation of what it is. And that's really cool. You get to control the birth of a thing. And that's all humans only ever want is control, whether we deny it or not. So um, it's really cool to kind of, that's what I try to do with poetry. I don't really try to focus on love as much as what is, what is love when it's, not present what is it that is the emptiness in you that feels connected to this life force that we call love or hatred or um, masturbation or all these things that are just like plagues to the human mind that eventually they can consume you if you allow it so i like to explore that with poetry but now i think i'm getting into the short story aspect so i can really take the light and put it here and hang it overhead and say like this is what's going on um i don't know it it I really enjoy reading short stories at this point in my life. I really enjoy short uh, clips, mini movies. I love just anything that's like a lot of information fast, like a shotgun blast, right? And that's just the way that people are moving too. They don't want to, they don't want to sit with things as long as they used to. I mean, it, it unfortunately that's just the way it is. So I think inevitably, short stories is where I will land. Um, I have a pretty funny childhood. I was raised in a trailer park in Las Vegas, and we were like super poor. And I think mm-hmm. that there's like a funny spin on that because like you don't know you're poor until people tell you you are. And so that's going to kind of be my angle where it's like a bit like, <laughs> like why are there rats that live in my home? Like why do homeless people like have cats following them everywhere? Like all these like moments that are like from a kid's perspective funny, but it'll be a little bit um, hard okay. to read for the reader. But ultimately it's like eh, he doesn't know any better. He's just a through a child's eyes but make it like kind of how an adult would think and I think that would make it funny um I kind of spun in a spiral there but but yeah that's that's inevitably where I'm trying to end up is um creating little moments that people can pick apart and and live in temporarily just really quick just a quick burst of a story and then go ah close it walk away you know I really like I would like to try to create that in the next step of my creative life very cool are you working with a publisher with these books or have you been like self-releasing? So I have self-released the last, the first one and probably the second one. And my goal with this one is I'm going to self-release it all. I have a few local bookstores that want to carry it, but I'm going to self-release, I think on Amazon and maybe a couple other big bookstores and keep the stream small so I can get a large influx of people to go to those sources. And then hopefully that'll just gain notoriety outside. Because right now what I'm struggling with is my fans and the people are not my fans, but like the people that like me, like my band, but I don't know that readers are reading me. I don't know that short story novelists, poets are reading what I'm putting out. See, that's the problem with the internet bubble. It's like you start to think you're something and you're I'm not. I'm any in the long grand scheme of things, I'm just another artsy tattooed white guy with a poetry book. You see what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wanna dive into the to the the big boy world and 
And so that's, so I think with the short stories, when I put those out, that's going to be my first time working with an agent. And um, okay. that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> but uh, I think this will give me some sort of notoriety because I know a part of this now to convincing an agent is being like, well, I have, you know, this many Instagram followers. So I'm that might help sell some books. That I don't know. Doesn't doesn't hurt, does it? Like <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Platform, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but not do it in a gross way because a lot of people create art for the sake of selling something and I think I got stuck in that for a while and now I'm really I really do want to just see what where this writing thing takes me. Um alongside my music career. You know, those are the only two things that have come to me naturally and organically and I think I'd be mm -hmm. a damn fool not to explore them, you know. I mean, have you started that search yet in terms of like agents or just kind of trying to build up a bit more so material? I do the research. Yeah, I've done the research on like authors that I like and that have right within a similar vein of me. And I'm going to start there, I think, and maybe reach out to them and just be like, hey, I see that you guys blah, blah, blah. I mean, Who there's a whole like, yeah. right. There's a there's a whole, um, you know, fucking chess game about how to go into this with publishers. So it's a whole different world than music, you know, where it's not like. Hey, I met you at so and so party. It's not like that now. It's like, I want to be a writer. <laughs> you know, so like, oh, okay, cool. Did you go to college? Do you know how to spell? I'm like, no, on either of those. But um, <laughs> no. But uh, but no. So I've just I've just been keeping tabs and notes on like um, publishing houses and stuff like that that put out the works that I of the people that I like and hopefully they'd be like, oh, you remind me of that guy. And I'd be like, I know because I stole it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so no, I haven't really made any moves on that. I think a bit of me is afraid slash seeing what's going on with the next, with the record process and stuff. So, right. Okay. Okay. Cool. I mean, you're definitely doing a good job of keeping yourself busy during this crazy time, especially, I mean, a lot of people we've spoke to over the last 12 months, it's, you know, we've, we've heard lots of differing kind of accounts of how, how kind of musicians are, are coping through, through this time and especially without touring, yeah. but you know it's clear that you 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 you've been pretty busy you know you haven't slowed down and yeah. you know obviously you do you That's still true. you do a lot of music as well kind of that you post as well which you've seen yeah i uh that's those are my like breaks of um like whenever i put up a song or a stupid ukulele thing it's just me it's like yeah. what the equivalent of washing my hair you know where i'm just like i just need to do something random and get a cup get some validation online real quick you know a little quick fix you know right <laughs> you, you did so. uh you did like a music mentor thing as well recently oh last, yeah 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 uh, what was it was that what was that all about it was so it was a opportunity for me for people to do this like live seminar thing where they could have a live chat room while I go through three different days of my process and you get to choose those tiers of what it is. And so I, most vocalists tend to focus on how to sing or, um, you know, like how to warm up. And I saved the last day for like warming up technique, yada, yada. But I put primary focus into the business of music, like um, running it through different accounts, credit and all that stuff and like buying or renting a van. Then the second day of the seminar, I did um, techniques, overall mental wellness, uh, inspiration for lyrical content. And then on the third day, I focused on technique, breathing exercises, and like overall stamina. So whereas most vocalists go in and do the whole like, this is where my sole purpose and sole focus is, I wanted to go on to the like, 
what really pushes you through the moments because I feel like it's easy to learn how to sing. It's easy to learn how to scream, but what pushes you when you're on stage, what gets you over the stage, right? What's what, what keeps you sitting in the backseat of that van, not opening the door and be like, fuck it, I'm quitting, you know, the moments that you really want to push through. And so I wanted to go that route. So I did this seminar and uh, with the music mentors and it was, yeah, it was really cool. I think I had like 25 people show up, which is awesome. And uh, they were really attentive, and I did a, put a couple of prizes together. Like a random person was going to get like a box of books that have inspired me, like how-to books, and also just like little, you know, cool little short novels, novellas, and stuff. Um, one person got like a free entry into the next show, <laughs> whenever that is. Someone got some free merch, and then I gave a bunch of copies of my book out as well. So my first book. So yeah, it was really cool. And 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 uh, another thing that I'm starting to realize, like, oh, this is kind of what people who have been doing this for a long time, this is what they do. And so it feels good to be able to have, to be looked at as one of these people who can offer some sort of insight because I think I've struggled a lot with um, placement. Like I, I don't really know where we are musically. I don't know if like we're the cool guys or if we could ever be cool, you know? So I struggled to get a lot of respect in this industry. Um, maybe it's because I'm short and it's an insecure thing. <laughs> But uh, it was really nice to be rewarded with opportunities like like the seminar or, you know, a, a featured X, like that sort of thing. It feels just like gratifying in ways that I this is what I want to do is to now create and give back in the community that I had to learn. in. so it feels pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess we were just going to get on to obviously you being quite busy. But what, what are the other guys kind of doing to kind of keep themselves? Yeah. Uh, level i guess at this time so our drummer jeff he pretty much is the techie guy in our band so he's all the engineering and stuff like that so he's basically taking the fragments of demos and stuff that we've been recording and putting them all together and structuring them into, structuring them into things that actually sound like songs so he's mm -hmm. just created a long line list of a dropbox that is just 60 percent done songs <laughs> for the next album and it's funny because like we send it off and it's like a gamble because you know my my uh this take or that take it could be so choppy and poorly recorded and he's just like oh no worries da, 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 and replicates it and or enhances it and so he's been working on that and he's actually moving down to florida he's the last one that's not here so he's moving down next month right, cool. my our um guitar player dom he is responsible for all the uh merchandising and like merch design so after we signed the sharp tone it was the first time that we ever even though we had been banned for six years it was the first time we ever had our own merch store so we've been able to just put up designs there and like sell shirts like while not touring and do a bunch of cool gnarly stuff that we've always wanted to do um outside of playing shows so that's been fun he's been focusing on design and just his life and our bass player pat he is they just got their first ever guitar endorsement. So I'm sure they'll be announcing that pretty soon. So they're really stoked because they've never, like I said, they're newer to the band. So they haven't gotten anything free before. So they're like, <laughs> free guitar. And I'm like, really stoked for them. But I mean, I can imagine, nice. I, I, you know, so they're working on that. And he's, uh, I know he's trying to become a PC gamer. So I think he's building a PC right now. Um, yeah, I think everybody's just been... But just kind of waiting, you know, we have a, a nice chain of command here where we kind of, when things need to get done, they get done. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. 
Um, especially at this point in our career, it's like, what, what are we doing? If we're not doing anything, we're just wasting time. You know, we're lucky to be here. So, um, Obviously, you mentioned you, you keep postponing the Set It Off tour. Um, yeah. Outside of that, have, have you broadside-wise, have you been able to make any plans for 2021 or is it just a little tricky to do that kind of thing right now? It's tricky to do that kind of thing. We are thinking of the next... Um, we have a couple we're, we're considering how we're going to go about releasing more music like are we thinking like yo should we just write two singles right now and put them out to keep this time right. busy yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're kind of leaning like maybe that could be a possibility for us and like shoot mm -hmm. music video for them you know what i'm saying and get all the work done now as opposed to trying yeah. to do it while on tour because that's always a nightmare so that's that's a possibility that we've been um doing yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with tour and stuff like that it's it's been it's been nil it's been uh quiet on that end so we'll just see okay. fingers crossed okay. fingers crossed yeah we'll fingers crossed there. yeah <laughs> for sure right chris do you want to do your quick fire questions yeah yeah should we do them alternately go for it yeah all right um okay yeah if, if you're down all over just going to give you some yeah hit me. so I'm this down. is something we used to always do at the end of the show and cool. we stopped doing it we just brought it back we did john from the main last week and um, oh cool as a kind of like bringing it back and it was fun so I'm, i think bring, let's keep doing it so uh <laughs> <laughs> let, let's just get into it and see how it is okay all right first all right. one is what uh which movie can you watch over and over again what's your like go-to comfort film which movie could i all right jurassic park yeah the first one um, I could do The Lost World, uh, mainly because the movie starts out, I think, with like a Triceratops. And as a kid, I was like, this movie's so much better than the first one. But I love the uh, I love Jurassic Park. I think it still holds up. It's a quality film. I hold close the idea that one day you're going to be able to go into a live actual Jurassic It'll Park. It'll be a real thing. <laughs> and I don't know. It's so like simple-minded. There's so many like 90s moments that you're just like, yeah. You know, so yes, for sure, Jurassic Park. Okay, cool. Okay, so we've got Food Heaven and Food Hell. Food Heaven. What's in? So, are we doing like three course meal, or how are we setting it up? Up to you, man. Yeah, like I whatever. Mean, if, All right, if you want to go easy. Three <laughs> yeah. All right, check it out. All right, so we're gonna start out with. All right, I'm vegan. I'm gonna just preface it with that. All right, so nice. Nice. we're gonna start out with. All right. A tall glass, very generous glass of Sauvignon Blanc, a cup of very nice room temperature, hot coffee, vegetable lo mein, extra spicy. This is all together, by the way. We're not going to three-course yeah. it. All okay. right. We got, we got um, white rice. You can never get enough of white rice. Maybe basmati rice. Maybe that. All right. Okay. We got some... <laughs> My my mum's like that. My mum's like, I I love rice, and I'm like, what are you? It about? rocks. Like it's nice. It like. rocks. You can put anything on it and immediately become something else. All right. So yeah. we, what what have we what have we got so far? Oh yeah, vegetable lo mein, coffee. So I'm drinking wine with this. This is gnarly. All right. We're gonna have chocolate. No no no. We're gonna have yellow marble cake. So yellow with chocolate marbled in it. Chocolate icing. Vanilla ice cream. Rainbow sprinkles. Wow. I French like, fries. 
I feel like you're getting too excited here. We need to move yeah. on to food hell. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's a unique me. answer, to be fair. Yeah, go on. Yeah, food hell. Oh, and I would be under a waterfall with churros. That's where, okay, that's what would happen. All right, but food hell would be a cup of mayonnaise. It would just be a giant cup of mayonnaise, like a pool okay. of that. Okay, like and vegan mayo included, presumably. No, it'd just be hell. Just it would be probably not vegan. That's that's how murderous it would be. Okay. It'd be just yellow. It'd be kind of dry, so it's a little yellow. <laughs> okay, not fun okay. out. Yeah. No. Um, favorite TV show. My favorite TV show. Well, I really like The Sopranos. We just started watching that again recently. Yeah. Um, me and the Which wife season just started. Are you on? We were season only on season two, so yeah, we literally just picked oh, it up. Oh, dude, I yeah. love that show. That um, I would say consistently was the show that was like <sighs> did it because sometimes they drop the ball. You know, Game of Thrones, they get you at the very end, or they abandon you, but not Sopranos. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Old Bones or Paradise? Old Bones, Paradise was trash. <laughs> fair enough um, uh, obviously this you know putting you under pressure but if you had to pick your three favorite bands any genre my th- any, any my time. three favorite bands alright oh, yeah. Linkin Park Daft Punk um, The Temptations oh the interesting mix there okay <laughs> yeah okay um, Dream Tour so it could be Dead or Alive if you you could support or sit alongside another, or, another yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, have like, supporting you. Yeah. All right, so I would love to I would love to support I think we would do really well supporting like a neck deep or like a Yeah, like I think we would do really well supporting like a neck deep tour um with like obviously someone headlining someone crazy like a blink tour i just think like i should put that answer out there because it's like the most obvious that would you know benefit our band and our career and our hope of getting our fan base bigger but now what about you yeah what about you personally like think kind of completely outside of you outside of your genre (laughs) where like the sky's the limit like who are you going for here's what it's going to be only newly it would be this, but only newly it would be bringing them out of retirement, Daft Punk headlining, okay, the fest, Daft Punk headlining, okay, Jimmy World co-headlining, okay, and then we're gonna, let's see, look, these are all openers, we just got some old Taking Back Sunday in like 20 years, they go in a time machine, they come back 20 years, um, I don't even want to play, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> um, we would, we would have, uh, Let's see here. Magnolia Park opening. Oh, Daft Punk finishing. Okay. <laughs> I'm so bad at this question. Let's. Let, I here here here's what here's the ideal situation. I would get to see Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Daft Punk, and Kings of Leon all in one night. Everyone else can come, but those are the ideal situation. Okay. I think yeah. Usher's going to be really disappointed he's not on that on that show. No, nah, dude, not this one. Not this one. <laughs> You're going to have to Instagram DM me. you be like, dude, can I get 
I'm gonna be like, ah, I'll see what I can do, but Excuse I get you a shirt. Fifteen. <laughs> oh man, that that's, rocks. That's me done, Chris. Are you got anything else? Yeah, no, no. I think I think I reckon we can leave it there. Um, Ollie, thanks so much for doing this, man. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any, anywhere like that. Um, also, check us out on social media. If you, if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, give us a like or a follow on any of those. And also, we love hearing from listeners as well. So um, feel free anytime to drop us an email at thewastingtimepodcast at gmail.com or obviously you can message us on social media as well. But um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. For you to arrive And I can't wait For you to arrive And we'll see